coffee, man, yeah. This, 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 this is a tasty burger, man. With Dan and Ryan, it's Walk the Line, yeah. Welcome, everybody, to Walk the Line, Episode 7, brought to you by Impact 89 FM Sports. This is Ryan Smith here with my good buddy, Dan Cryer. We're going to be talking about Week 8 of college football and Week 7 of NFL. How you doing today, Dan? Hey, good, man. Dude, I'm doing pretty good. It's a rainy day outside, but I'm in a sunshiny mood in here. That's so right, I'm feeling right. good, man. How you feeling? Not too bad. It's a Thursday. we got the weekend of football coming up. I'm uh, feeling good. Cool, cool. Well, w- let's then jump into what happened to us last week, which I like to call the recap from H.E. something. And it what was... I like to call a headache. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I mean, it's funny because this is episode seven of Walk the Line, and I really want it to be lucky seven. We're going we're gonna to hope so. Last week was pretty brutal for both of us. It was, and it's funny because... I, I mean, feel like we say that every week. Is that is that true? <laughs> well, this is what I was going to get to. It's funny because, of course, we do a radio show where I become the most atrocious expert <laughs> sports picker ever. And the thing is, things run hot, things run cold. There really hasn't been much consistency. Especially in the NFL. Just terrible. I know. And it, it's funny, too, because, like, quick geography lesson. Like, are you familiar with the Mojave Desert? Right, <laughs> roughly. It's in between. When you drive up Interstate 15 North from Los, Los Angeles to Las Vegas, you have to drive through the Mojave. It's also known as Death Valley. Right, that's where my picks are right now. But seriously, I feel like I could leave like the Las Vegas Strip and go out to the desert with somebody and say, "Hey, I got this ice and I got the desert, and I'll give you three to one odds on the desert." I'll be like, "You got it." Next thing you know, there's ice capades outdoor in Vegas. Like so, but hopefully the it melted and then this week's gonna be better. So. Let me just go over the picks. Uh, uh, later on, we're going to have Max here. And we're going to talk about it more in depth. But just to let everybody know, Michigan State uh, won 42-28 to and looked really good on offense last week. And uh, the game went over, you know, and, and Michigan State covered. And I had Michigan State winning 26-20, so I was wrong on both fronts there. And Ryan had the game going over, but he had Michigan State also winning by six. So And Max was the only one. Max, you know, Max is smart. Max had us uh, Michigan State winning by 17. So what would you think of that game? I mean, right now we're all taking turns on picking Michigan State correctly. <laughs> I was the only one with Iowa, so this week's your turn. So I'm going to just listen to whatever <laughs> okay, you yeah, say. This is my hot week, I hope. <laughs> yeah. I got the desert so, this week, baby. Yeah, so I'm, I'm going to just listen to you, hopefully. Okay. And then, uh, yeah, I thought Michigan State played very well. Uh, finally looking like some good football. They're having fun. Good offense and still the number one defense in the country. Mm-hmm. So uh, then the, the other really key game of last week was in the SEC. It was Florida went into LSU. LSU was favored by seven, and Ryan and I really did some nice statistical analysis and said, LSU scoring all these points. This game's going over. I said 44-34, so I had LSU covering. Ryan said 37-27, which was over the 48. The game ended up 17-6. Man, how bad is Florida's offense? Yeah. They've scored so, zero. Like, all their losses have just been terrible. Yeah, and it's cool because that we're, that we're going to need to remember that today when we talk about the Week 8 college football picks. So Ryan and I were both correct about that. So I'm feeling pretty good, and then I'm going to tell you what else I feel good about. Missouri went in as 8-point underdogs to Georgia, and when I say underdogs, I mean this. Dog, 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 dog. They whooped them. Okay, I'm sorry, Bulldogs, but you got beat by the underdogs. 
They killed him. Right, it was forty-one twenty-eight. Someone, someone get the keyboard. Sorry, right from it was forty-one twenty-eight. I mean, Missouri was up twenty-eight ten at some at one point. They scored a couple touchdowns in the fourth quarter. So um, both you and I had Georgia winning, but not covering. So I'll take that as a victory for us. We we knew Missouri was going to stay within a touchdown. Not only that, they went in and won. It was just so hard to tell based on all of Georgia's injuries. It was, yeah. and they had the the goofy uh, overtime game against Tennessee. Now we just know. Don't stay away from Georgia. Yep, yep. Okay, and another game, which uh, uh, was Oregon-Washington. I, I know this one killed you because it didn't go over the 76. I think the, the final score was 40, like 48-24 or something like that, right? right yeah, 72. And, or- and I just needed a field goal, I believe, and Oregon picked up a, a late first down. That way they could run out the clock. It was third and three, mm-hmm. and they measured it like four times. You were in anger I, mode, and I, I know. Was, and I was cheering. I was like, fourth down, because then they would have kicked a field goal, <laughs> and the game would have went over, and I would have oh, been Oh, man. And that's the way it goes, though, yep, you know? Yep, and but, but we, so we were both correct. So there's three in a row for Ryan and me. Now let's get to the ugliness, and then we're going to get to NFL really quick. So I don't know what happened to Northwestern Wildcats. I'm a, I got my bachelor's degree from Northwestern. I think Pat Fitzgerald was a great coach. I don't know what happened to them. It was They were never into it. They scored two field goals in the first half. We're down 21-6, and then end up getting beat 35-6. I mean, Wisconsin easily covered. I thought, yeah. yeah. I mean, even if Oops. I picked that game again this week, I would still go Northwestern plus 10. I just, yeah. I don't know what happened there. I have no idea. I didn't see any of the game because I was walking back from the stadium, and I said, I just said, come on, get it on the board, man. And But uh, they never showed up. So Nothing that was a doing. snoozer for the Wildcats, and, and they need to pick it up. The other game that uh, that I was wrong about, Texas A&M was six, minus six at Ole Miss. Ole Miss lost by three points, but uh, both you and I had A&M going. I loved A&M in that game. Yeah, and so we're going to talk about A&M maybe for a second this week because they're playing Auburn. So A&M's an interesting team. They're, they're going to keep winning. They're on their way to the Cotton Bowl. I always say it. They're going to do fine getting to that Cotton Bowl. Yep. Okay, the game that really made me angry, which is funny because it's the team I hate the most. It's the Michigan Wolverines, I, and I hated them the most before I even became a Michigan State student. There's nothing to like about the University of Michigan Wolverines. I'm sorry. I remember going in last week's. we saw that they were minus 2.5 at Penn State yeah. who played. They got destroyed by Indiana yeah. at Indiana the week before and we were loving Michigan oh my minus goodness. two and a half. And Michigan had the game 40 times and when I had it on Saturday it was minus one and a half and I'm going what? Even when I went to the fourth overtime <sighs> you know the, they still could have covered. Jeez. I know and so the point is Michigan lost 43-40 so we both had it going over which is good but we had I had Michigan winning that game by 21 points Ryan had Michigan winning by seven and you know what? I think we were the only two people on this campus who didn't appreciate that I was walking back and I know everybody's you know, The Tigers game had just started, and I was hurrying back for that. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, I hear an uproar of cheers. I'm like, did they just hit a grand slam in the first (laughs) inning? No, I get back. The game hadn't even started yet. Michigan lost. Everyone's more happy about that than anything else on this campus. And it's the funniest thing, because I'm sure people who who appreciate what we're speaking about now know what I'm talking about. Here's the team I hate the most. They lost. (laughs) And I'm angry, and I feel horrible about myself with low self-esteem on Saturday night, because I was wrong. And I felt horrible. And people were like, hey, wasn't the greatest thing in Michigan? I go, no! They didn't cover them wrong. Don't talk to me. So that pretty much wraps up that. We were both three for seven, which, you know, it's close to 50%, but you really want to be Oh, yeah, over. was I supposed to cough over the mic when you said those records? <laughs> no, man. <laughs> oh, well. Oh, well. I mean, hey. So then let's get into our recaps of NFL. And like we said, that's another famine sandwich there. That's my new the term. I mean, let me, let me, I can't even find it on my, my computer here. Okay. Oh, my goodness. This was brutal. And the thing was, 
I should have known Jacksonville. Denver was not going to cover the 26 and a half. The game did go over because Jacksonville scored 19 points. It was 39-19. So it went over and I had a lot on the over. So that was cool. But I had Denver winning 51-10. You had Denver winning 45-10. And Jacksonville stayed in there. They they really got the over, which I'm happy about. But but it wasn't close to cover. It was a 20-point game and a 26 and a half point. Yeah, spread. Denver was in cruise control all <laughs> afternoon. Yeah. The, and, and people said, oh, give credit to Jacksonville. Sure, sure, no, sure. No, don't but, give them credit on. for anything. Exactly. <laughs> now, Green Bay was minus three at ball. Baltimore. And this is a game where Ryan said Green Bay was going to win by seven. And I said Baltimore was going to win the game by three. So we were both wrong. Because the final score was 19-17. But guess what? That makes me right, right. because I had uh, Baltimore covering. So, But that was an ugly game. In Baltimore, it was 19-10, and Baltimore scored a late touchdown to cover that. So. If anyone wants to know what to pick on Green Bay, have me pick whatever the Green Bay game is and <laughs> bet the opposite because yeah. I have been wrong on them every week. That's the one point I wanted to say this week is that you might find a trend going on here that you should listen to us and just do the, do the opposite. opposite. Yes, this is great. No, either we way. Are, yeah, don't yeah. worry. We, we can be totally wrong. But this is week seven, so we're going to be really, really good. Okay, Detroit went into Cleveland. I'm saying to myself, it's going to be a low-scoring game, but Detroit's going to, uh, but Cleveland's going to win. So I'm completely wrong. Ryan had it going over with Detroit covering the two and a half, so he was completely correct. So good job because they they blew him out in the second half. They scored like 21 points un, unanswered there. You know, and the only I can only credit my roommate because all he'll do all week is talk Lions. So I know enough about it to, to <laughs> that's funny. I predict them right every week. Okay, cool. And then and the this one I kind of. It, I was back and forth on Kansas City was minus nine and a half in Oakland, and I, I at the time I said there's no way Kansas City's going to cover because Oakland just came off the victory against San Diego, which is a good victory. But what happened at the end of that game is Terrell Pryor. I mean, he had thrown a couple interceptions. He threw one that got picked, and there was a field goal to make it 17-7. So it was 14-7, and then went to 17-7, and then he threw a pick six to make it 24-7. So Kansas City's looking a strong six and zero team, man. I mean. Then we're going to talk about them in one second. So then to wrap up NFL, here's me being wrong again. Okay, and, and Ryan was correct on this one because New England was one-point favorite at home. I thought the Saints were going to go in and win, and they should have, except for Tom Brady went on his Tom Brady-ness. He they gave a, him two Tom Brady drives, and he yep. failed on the first one. Yep. So they decided to give him one more uh-huh. just in case people needed yeah, to be the Montana reminded. extra. Yeah, and, and he went right down, and he did it, and he threw a touchdown. They won by three points. I think it was To 30. some undrafted rookie. How right. many times have we heard <laughs> exactly. that story? 30-27. So New England's 5-1, and one, their first place in the AFC East, and uh, you know it's another season for Bill Belichick. He's looking at the playoffs again. So, you know what that 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 ended me up at one for five in NFL and three for seven. So that's a four for twelve. That's a thirty three percent. And Ryan was five for twelve. So anyway, I'm the, I'm the tallest midget this week. <laughs> okay, so now I as, as if you might have heard, we're getting a little feedback in the phone because uh, my buddy Max just texted me. So let me go get Max because he's here in the building, and I want to talk with him about not only what happened in the Indiana Michigan State game last Saturday, but I want to talk to him about the Purdue game that's going. So hang on one second, let me get the door for Max. <laughs> All right, Ryan, I'm back, and uh, now that we've finished recapping what happened last week, and don't make me think about it too hard, let's get the expert in here, and his name is Max King. He would be known as our special guest, but last week he became our double special guest, which means he's now our triple special guest. So, uh, uh, Max King, welcome to Walk the Line, Episode 7. How you doing, buddy? Thank you. Third time, hopefully a charm. Yeah, we're hoping for a lot of good luck this week, being Episode 7, the lucky seven. So, uh, but uh, I want to tell everybody because Ryan and I briefly went over it, but we'll go into it a little more depth now that Max is here. 
Last week, Indiana Hoosiers came into East Lansing to play the Michigan State Spartans, and at the time of kickoff, Michigan State was 9.5-point favorites, and the over-under was 53. Well, Ryan and I both have just recounted how I picked Michigan State not to cover and for the game to stay under, so I was double wrong. Ryan had the game going over, but Michigan State not covering, so he was half wrong, and then you had it under with Michigan State covering, so you were half wrong, but... As far as the spreads go, I got to give you you credit because you're the only guy that 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 said we were going to cover the nine and a half. So, like, how'd you feel about that last week? You know, it felt it felt pretty good because the first couple weeks were rough for me, and uh, I I talked to the uh, walk the line support group, and they said that's, that's normal. So uh, I felt a little bit better. <laughs> it is normal, that. <laughs> very unfortunately. Yeah, but I mean, it was it was a good game. I mean, what do you think? We, our offense kind of woke up there in the second quarter, scored twenty one points. Offense was, yeah, offense was, I think, firing all cylinders for the most part. And defense gave up that huge run at the beginning. But then after that, it was, they were, uh, the running game was stagnant for Indiana. So um, it, it was impressive. It was kind of like uh, what happened uh, to, I'm trying to think of it right now. Um, I'm blanking. But, That's all right. Um, it, but it, it's happened before where sure, you, they, they've given up a huge run to begin yeah. with, and then after that, it's just been nothing the rest of the game. Well, the so word's adjustment. Impressive. I mean, right. Narduzzi makes the adjustments. And Ryan, I mean, you, you also had Michigan State scoring 33 points and, and it going over. So what about it? Were, were you looking – was that surprising to you, or did you just think Indiana was weaker? I mean, I never imagined I'd be sitting in this room saying that Michigan State is ready for a challenge this year. And hopefully they don't get one until the Michigan game, just looking at the schedule. Yeah. You know, Purdue this week, um, and uh, Illinois is coming up. Right, so right. That, that's you, so I'm, yep. I'm not going to bash them too hard. <laughs> now we'll bash them next week. Yeah, but you'd like okay. to think that Michigan State can take care of business and go into that game 7-1. and one. You don't want to look ahead, but Michigan State looked pretty good. They're starting to settle in. Uh, a lot of complaints about the offense early, but I think – Last week showed they can get the job done against a lesser opponent, which we didn't see early in the year, mm-hmm. which is why I didn't have us covering simply because Indiana had the high-powered offense. Right. And I wasn't sure if we were going to be able to keep up with that. I, I thought we would win, mm-hmm. but I didn't see us winning by that much and playing that well, and it was it was impressive to see. Yeah. Well, and the thing that I noticed was that the game just exploded with points. I really wanted to stay under, but then there was the point in where Michigan State was up 14-7 to and then muffed the punt. Indiana recovered it and then tied the game at 14. Michigan That just began kind of a tennis match, and then Michigan State opened up a 42-21 lead, so it really just went to explosive offense. But, Max, I mean, comment on this. Some of the drives that we had were really impressive. There was like a 15-play, 83-yard drive. There was like a 12-play, 75-yard drive. I mean, we're really looking to – we've sustained something. We've got – and Cook was really good on third down. He was making lots. He was like 8 for 8 at one point on third down. So what would you notice about that? Time of possession was big for me. Um, Michigan State leading the Big Ten in time of possession, which I think is a good thing. I think the longer you hold the ball on offense, A, you give a defense your rest. And if you have a good defense like that, and they're always coming out fresh, that's dangerous. If our defense is rested, watch out, baby. Yes, I know. And and so if you're holding the ball long, that also means you're doing something right on offense. Yeah. You don't see, you know, you're not holding the ball long going three and out, three and out. So I see that as a good thing. I thought they I thought they made lot like you said, lots of long um, drives as far as time and yardage went, which was nice to see. The running game, yes, Indiana, not a great run defense, uh-huh. but it's good to see them yeah. run the ball and multiple people run the ball well and 
if anything, it's a confidence builder for mm-hmm. that entire offense if they can start meshing together and getting drives going. We've seen offenses like that in the past. Once they've gotten things going, they've been really good. So yeah. it's exciting to see. And Ryan, to remind me what you're telling me. I mean, how many different guys caught passes for, for Michigan State last week from Cook? Well, like you mentioned, for the first off with the drives, uh-huh. we were 10 of 14 on third down, which is you know crucial for keeping drives going. Cook, he had 11 different receivers, wow. including his running back for a touchdown. Uh, Jeremy Langford had four total touchdowns, three rushing. He was Big Ten Offensive Player of the Week. Yeah, deserved. And who would have thought that was coming exactly. at any point this yeah. year? We had an Offensive Player of the Week. <laughs> Good job, Michigan State, I guess is all I can say cool. right now. So let me use that then to jump into um, the uh, the the game for this week. And the funny part was, I knew this because Max and I were in the press conference. I'll give a little. Max and I were in the Kevin Wilson press conference after the game, uh, listening to the Indiana University head coach speak, and he said that he was proud of his team for scoring twenty eight points because the the most they gave up was what twenty six points last year. Right now, this year. Um, Michigan State scored 55 against Youngstown State, but really hasn't shown the ability to get points on the board. So what happens? We look we look good offensively. All of a sudden, people know that we have a, a, a really staunch defense. It manifests itself in a very interesting line for this week. Purdue is coming in to Michigan State. Purdue does not have a good record. Purdue is like 1-5 in, in the year. But Michigan State is favored right now. As we speak, as we're here on Thursday, we're taping. Michigan State is minus 28. So four full touchdown spread. And the over-under is only 42.5. So Max, you were telling me that there was some not-too-pretty numbers on Purdue's side. Like, wh- why Why are they expecting? So from that, if you just kind of do the math, they're looking at like maybe a 42 you know, 7 game or 35, you know, 7. or something Yeah, like something that. that weird, you know. So so talk about, about Purdue's offense offense and well, this their, might, their struggles. Maybe. This might explain it a little bit, too. Um, look at some statistics in the Big Ten rankings. Points four for Purdue. Last, 92 points total in Ouch. halfway through the yeah, season. That's, that's a blazing 15 points a game. And, then, <laughs> and when you and you when you when you hear that, and then you're going to hear the other stats I read, you're going to think later on, wow, that's actually pretty high. <laughs> wow. Because total offense, last in the Big Ten, 287 yards a game. They're one of two teams in the Big Ten who have not reached over the 2,000-yard mark total this year, halfway through the season. Minnesota's at 1,996. Mm-hmm. Purdue's still about 1,700 yards total, which mm-hmm. is, again, not good. Pass, efficient, pass efficiency, last. Mm-hmm. First downs, last. 96 on the year, only Big Ten team under 100. Rushing yards. Now, rushing yards, this is the stats of the game, because I'm going to throw a couple out here for okay. you. Rushing yards, this is the stats. Of the game. This is going to blow This is going to blow your mind. Okay. 77, of course, the last in the Big Ten. 77 yards a game mm-hmm. as a unit. 77 yards a game. They have not gained over 500 yards rushing this season. They're halfway through the season. Wow. They've not fought over 500 yards. It's like one Oregon game. And Yeah, exactly. That's one Oregon half. Yeah, the yeah. top five rushers, individual running backs in the Big Ten, have all by themselves outrushed Purdue as a team. Numbers 6 through 10 okay, are within 47 yards or less. Jeremy Langford is at number 10. Mm-hmm. He honestly, this is a question I want to get you to yeah. Go out to you guys. Yeah. If he, this is a realistic thing. If he has a big day running, which he can, because again, Purdue is not a great team on uh-huh. either side of the ball, uh-huh. and Purdue's running game continues to be terrible, uh-huh. and you combine that with a good rush defense, one of the top in the nation, he could buy, he could buy himself. <laughs> 
outrush, have more yards rushing than, than Purdue, Purdue by the end of the day Saturday. So yeah. that is amazing to me. And then just real quick, mm-hmm. FBS rankings, mm-hmm. if in case you're wondering, because sure. they're all terrible in the Big Ten. Passing yards, yeah. 84th overall. Remember, okay. this is out of 125 say, now. Yeah. Rushing yards, 119th overall. Points for, 121st overall. And then points against... 117th overall. So they're really the bottom of the barrel. Yeah, and you and mentioned about, they're yeah. one and five and they're barely one and five too. Right. Exactly. So Ryan, what do you how do you, how would you respond to what Max just went over there about Purdue's offensive struggles and pretty much defensive struggles and entire season struggles? I mean, all those numbers just go to say they're terrible on offense going up against a great Michigan State defense. You don't look for them to score too many points on Saturday. So when we're talking over and under, you're really we're gonna debate how much is Michigan State going to score? Are they going to yes. score? Because I think if they put up 42 like they did against Indiana, which is very possible, yeah. Purdue's been given up about, you know, I don't have the average or anything, but right around well, 40 a game. L- let me tell you the three last scores. Yeah, yep. yeah, I don't. On September 21st, Purdue lost at Wisconsin 41-10. So, so. there's 31-point spread. Then Northern Illinois came in, won by 31 points, and last week, so 55-24 in that game. And last week, Nebraska won 44-7 in Purdue for a 37-point spread. And the only thing that's confusing to me is the Notre Dame game. We were talking about right. this before the show started. They were winning, should have won that game. How is that a seven-point game? They were at home against Notre Dame, who beat us. Sure. But that's the one thing that's keeping me from saying— It was their one saying, inspired performance of the season. I mean, mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was, what, the third week, so maybe they were still into the season. I don't know. And as we mentioned, the week before that, they barely beat Indiana State. Yeah. By, they beat them by six. Then they come back, they beat a, a pretty decent Notre Dame team. Mm-hmm. They lose by seven, so it's a mystery. All right. All this to yeah. say, Michigan State needs to get a win at home. They definitely Saturday need to is, get to 6-1. Yeah. We, we're, that's pretty much not in question. I'm going to just say that. So let's do the round robin this way. Since, Max, I'm going to call you the winner of last week. You had Michigan State covering. So let's start with Ryan. We got a 28-point spread, and the over-unders 42 and a half. What do you think is going to happen on Saturday? Man, I don't know. I'm going to go with what I do know first, which is the over. I, I okay. do like the over. I think we score enough and Purdue gets 10 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Narduzzi will pull the dogs off. He's It's Big Ten Conference, mm-hmm. but you never want to you know, get someone too mad at you because you never know how mm-hmm. it's going to be down okay. the road. I'm going to go Michigan State 34-10, so not covering. I think I'm going to regret that. I think uh, Michigan State will end up covering, but for now I'm going to go uh, – 24-point spread. Okay, 34-10. All right, now I'm going to go with me before we get to the true expert, Max King, over here. Now, I really do like the fact that this game is going to go over 42-and-a-half. It's strange because all season long I've been sitting here saying, you know what, we're never going to score points, we're never going to score points. Last week we showed the sustainability against a lesser opponent. I I feel it's going to be the exact same thing. So I'm going to say 45 points are going to be scored by Michigan State and kind of maybe two of these lucky like late-game touchdowns. So I'm going to go 45-14 with us covering and then winning the game by 29 points. So so that's going to go 45-14 for Michigan State on that one. So well, Max... I'm going to go similar route here. First of all, I think that they do go over, and I think they do cover. Mm -hmm. Um, And and I agree with you, actually, Dan. Um, I I was thinking, how is this offense going to score a touchdown? But then I thought, you know what? Youngstown State did, and it was against the backups. And I think that's what's going to happen. Back to Ryan with the And can I just say that I added wrong? It's 31 points, Cryer. So my brain's a little (laughs) off today. I apologize. I should be. It's it's Thursday, man. I don't know what's wrong. So 45-14 is at 31 points, but I apologize. Go Go on. And so I'm going to go 38 to 13 with maybe a late touchdown there. I'm 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 assuming that it's going to be something along the lines of 
you know, they're up, they, they score six points, the first offense does, and then, you know, like you guys mentioned earlier, they might get a freak touchdown at the end there. So I'm going to go 38-13. Okay, so I'm the only one that has us covering this week is what I'm hearing. Because Ryan's got Based a 24, on, and Max right. has a 25, and I have 31. And it sounds like me and Max are both praying for the, the late, screwy, sure. qu- quick 14 right. points or mm-hmm. something from yeah. Purdue, and we don't cover. But yeah, I, I think overall, Michigan State, it's not going to be close. It'll be You said it's at 28, now I have 27 yeah. written down. But it, it, it either sh- way. It switched. It right. opened, it, yeah, it's been as right. low as 24 and a half, but I it's think, been as high as 28 I think now. we'll definitely... Uh, get a lead that's larger than yeah. 28 over okay. the course of a game. Well, yeah, here's the thing, because I was looking at it as 24. Oh, so, okay. So if Interesting. we're doing that, I do. So, so if, yeah, if we're going to go changed at 20, okay, if we're going at 27, then I, yeah, I'll, I'll go, I'll, you know, bump it up to what was, what I have. Well, 25. right now you said 38, 13 for 25. So yeah, I see what you're saying. So you, you do think we're going to cover You guys them. both like a cover and yeah, I do. I think I'm going to regret that. I'm going to say that right at, now. Since it's at the 27, I'll go at 42. 13, okay. that'll do it, wouldn't it? Yes, that is 29 points, I think. Can please somebody help me? Oh, yes, all right, good. Yes. Thank you. He's just being nice, by can the way. We, impact, can we get a budget for a calculator? <laughs> yeah, Cryer's here? brain's not working for some reason. <laughs> I, okay, so great. All right, and and I think Ryan pointed out, Michigan State's a 5-1 team. I know they got some votes in the AP poll, so now it's time to get to that 6-1 mark. Don't go, get caught looking ahead, Michigan yeah, State. Right, yeah. then... then, then Hold on and go into Champaign and see what they do against the Illini. Danger, and then on November second, the the Wolverines from Ann Arbor are going to step in town, and hopefully Michigan State's going to be seven and one. So that'd be pretty exciting. Don't you think, Max? I mean, Absol- geez. absolutely. Yeah, I agree with what Ryan says. Um, this is you don't want to look it over, but you, you feel good coming into this this weekend on Saturday. But I think after that, then you kind of starting to that grueling schedule because you have a lot of good teams consecutively that you're playing. And with the Michigan loss, Big Ten's open now. Absolutely. Yeah, Michigan, that, which that's which makes that game yeah. even bigger. If you yes, have two does. games on them, then you're looking at the game at Nebraska as being huge for the season. Right. And Michigan State's this is upward momentum. They're getting confidence. They're building. I mean, everybody was saying, okay, look at this team. There's no offense. Well, we, we've shown now we can, we can put some and points what, in the what board. I've liked about the more points is a more open playbook. We're starting to see some of those reverses and, you know, passes from running backs and receivers. Yeah. That's what I felt has been missing the last two years because when Cousins and Keyshawn Martin were here, mm-hmm. Those guys had fun playing, and it, and it just seemed like the offensive coordinators were always up in the booth, high five, and they're like, That's right. they had plays that everyone would look and go. And Max, who was number twelve? I should know the players, but he ran a, like a jet sweep run in the end for the final touchdown, where he jumped over some guys and went to the end zone. He had fun. He right. was. It was yeah, our offense was so stagnant for. Yeah. What's his name? R.J. No, Shelton. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah, and at, what Ryan said. I mean, first of all, I don't think they've ever, they've truly replaced Keyshawn Martin because mm-hmm. he was just absolutely just dynamite yeah, on that bubble screen. Player. I mean, bubble screen. That's a first down right there every time. Yeah. Minus that game against Georgia where he got a safety, but we won't talk about <laughs> that. But. I, I agree. You know, they their offense has opened up now, and people have said it before. We've talked about it. You just need to be average with that kind of defense, and we've they've right. been. I think they've been above average at times, and the, you know that's turned into a five and one team going on six and one this weekend. It's some good football finally here in yep. East Lansing. Yeah, right. hey. we're, we're enjoying it, and we're going to see the fans if we get to that seven and one mark for that Michigan game. I'm, that that'll be the most packed I've ever seen in, in what'll be my second year here. So yes. it, what, so this is this is good. So Max, thank you again. Uh, we'll Thank give you. Give one of these pounds over here thank you all right let me get the door for max and so max uh, uh you're always welcome here man Thanks so take care in, max. see you max thank you all right 
So there was Max King again. I'm, I'm always happy when Max shows up. He takes time of his busy schedule because I know he's he's hosting his own, uh, you know, thing here at Impact Sports. And uh, you know, Max is an integral part. I got to give some credit really quick to Alex Sharg, you know, to to Max King, to the people here at Impact 89 FM. There's Ed Glazer, Sam Riddle, you know. There's Aaron Elke. There's people here that we see, you know, that have really been supportive of us the whole time. So I just am really happy of, about what we're doing here, you know. And just yeah, give great. a quick shout out. So all right, well, as we saw there, you know. We we all think that Michigan State's going to do its do its duty and just take care of Purdue. I mean, Purdue really hasn't shown Purdue's shown duty all season. Were you waiting for that one? I know that one actually just came to me. <laughs> all like, right. No, no, that one just came. Perdont is the one that you that, that reminded me of. But yeah, there, and there's something that rhymes with Purdue that a screwdriver does. Okay, so let's get into the NCAA other football games for Week Eight, Ryan. And this is the big one. This is the NCAA. 8 p.m. game, the the ESPN game. This is the one. It's number three, Clemson, at home as three-point underdogs to the Florida State Seminoles and Jameis Winston, famous Jameis. So, Ryan, what do you think about this one, man? Interesting line that Clemson already had a big home home game this year against Georgia, and Georgia, was Georgia minus three going in there, or was Georgia plus three? And I should mention the over-under, I should always do this, is 64 in this game. So, Florida State's minus three, and the over-under 64. I'm going to check the Georgia score for you right now, but yeah, break this down. Um, no, just going into that game, initially, you know, I love the over. Both these teams love to score points as far as offensive efficiency. Mm-hmm. Pretty much any offensive category you can look up on the NCAA and their top 20. Even both defenses are top 21 or something like that. Yeah. So the, it's a very high over-under in 64, but I still like it to go over. But they're gonna, Both these kids just want to go out and sling it around and score some points. Yeah. Clemson's at home, though, and I, and I like them as dogs. They've already won a big game at home. It's a great atmosphere. They come in, you know, and they mm-hmm. touch they touch the rock. So this is my underdog okay. pick, pick of the week. I'm picking Clemson to not only cover but win the game and go 30, 34-31. 34-31. So let me get this in here. 34-31. And, and he, see, the number three is a special number here because – that's the total. It was thirty-eight to thirty-five that they defeated Georgia Bulldogs, and so the thing is, we're going to do the bulldog thing now. The Clemson, the Tigers, the Meows are going to be the underdog, and I, I really agree with you. I, I mean, all the presses on Jameis Winston, who's looked phenomenal. I mean, Florida State has been destroying teams this season. They're the least amount of points they've scored is forty-one, and that was the first game of the year against Pitt. So just yeah. a frame of reference there. Right, and and this guy Winston is for real, but both of these guys, yeah. I mean, it's it's one of these it's one of these games where the over under is really not in question to me. Now, the it, co- yeah, it's just ahead. so high though is the only reason it's tough. Sixty four is a lot of points for a good game. It's not going to be a blowout. But go ahead. Well, I mean, the way I look at at this is. It's this might be Clemson's year. I don't know. There's something. There's something intrinsic about the fact, and it's a home game. I mean, Winston's really, really good. I want to go over this score just because I'm, I'm clicking up the schedules. Here's what Florida State's done this season, and just recently. I mean, they played Nevada and blew them out, but they after Bethune Cookman, they they beat they put 48 points up on Boston College. That's what I wanted to say. They beat Boston College 48-34. Clemson just beat them last week 24-14. So Clemson and that so you know, they have the common opponent. They both beat them by the same kind of level. But then Maryland was undefeated and went in a couple weeks ago to Florida State on the uh, October 5th and, and just got, got blitzed. Destroyed. 63 nothing. And so that's kind of a game that probably just got away on Maryland. Maybe I don't know if they quit on their coach or just they were like, "You know what? It's not going to happen." 
Clemson's fans are going to be going ballistic like they were in the Georgia game. So really, I, I'm with you on this one. I, I, I like the three, and I'm going to – in 64, I mean, you have it perfect at going at 65. I'm going to go 37-34. So I, I agree with Ryan on this one. It's going to be a Clemson home game win. And um, would it shock me if Florida State went in there and won? No, because this guy Winston's no, first not, year. But, yeah, not at all. And he could be like the next Cam Newton, like unstoppable force at quarterback. But really, Clemson's looked sharp, and it's a home – And I mean, how tough is it for a true freshman to go into Clemson and get a win? That would that would truly be incredible. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, this, that's one to look forward to. Okay. Right. Yeah, an, an, on to the next game. Yeah, one, yeah, I'm going to say up. this one. Uh, yeah, please. Number 10, UCLA, is going to – they're traveling to number 13, Stanford, who is minus 6. Stan, the over-under is 54. So what do you like in that one? Okay, well, Stanford last week was one of the was one of the snake bitten teams. They went into Utah and lost the game, which you know if both they were, of these teams have played Utah. Yeah, and if they were holding on to any hope that they were going to maybe beat out Oregon and then go to the national champion, that's done. Now. It's over. Yeah, they got smoked. That's you, the thing about college football. Uh huh. You talk about looking past the team and stuff. I mean, with Oregon in the conference, Stanford's going to be. <clears throat> excuse me. Stanford's going to be a little bit, you know, down. But it's a home team, a home game. They're going to have their fans riled up and everything. But that's a lot of points for UCLA to be getting. I mean, initially, I would think you know, UCLA's the team because you said common opponent. You, you, UCLA went into Utah and beat them pretty bad. Yep. So I, I right away, I'm just going to say that I like uh, UCLA to cover this game. I mean, it's, it's six points. So if somehow Stanford... Doesn't you know? Doesn't even blow them out or whatever. I don't know. Just it, I just think either UCLA is going to hold the lead and lose it late, or they're just going to win the game. So this week is really how good is UCLA, not how good or bad yeah. is Stanford. I I think that's pretty much where it's at right now. We need to find out how good is UCLA because they had the the Nebraska win and they handled them pretty good. And yeah, people, people aren't really sure where Nebraska's at. So this is a game for UCLA on the road. I know at the Almighty Stanford up there. I know. I'm impressed by UCLA. I really am. And, I am as well. And, and, and I'm, I'm with I, you. Six is a lot of points. It's a lot. So just to be on the safe side, I'm going to say that they're going to lose by three. I part of me thinks they're going to win the game, but and this 54 that seems a little low to me because you can get there a bunch of different ways, like you know 30, you know 31, I, yeah, 28. I, 30-28 is the final. Uh, so for Stanford winning? Stanford winning 30-28, but I, I do like the over. Both teams like to put up some points. And I'll just go one point on, on over you on that one and say 31-28 for Stanford. So I, I, I really can't see UCLA getting blown out. They've just shown themselves to be such a good team. They were down 21-3 at Nebraska, scored 38 consecutive points, win the game 41-21. My brother's heading up there for that game, so hopefully he sees a good one. I don't, I don't think he really cares who wins. But, mm-hmm. uh, well, now, let me get into the game that I would be like, dog time. Yeah. And it's a, oh, what happened? Come on, man. Come on. <laughs> don't play piano. I, oh, no, no. That's not it either. Now, we had Clemson Tigers winning as the, dog. as the dogs. Now, we got the Missouri Tigers. Missouri went into Georgia and beat the Bulldogs last week pretty handily in Athens. And now, Missouri's at home against Florida, who just got kind of beat bad by LSU. And Florida's giving up three points. So, Missouri's underdogs at home. I like Missouri to just blast Florida. Really? See, and I was—I mentioned this earlier. Florida scored 16 points and six points in their two losses. So when they lose, they yeah. just forget to score points. Yes. So, yeah, and the 44 reflects that on the over/under in this game. So I want to get your call on what you think, but but I'm just gonna like tell you, I'm taking Missouri to win this game. Uh, I'm with you. I like Missouri to win. I don't know about blitz. I don't know if I'm gonna go that far. Okay. They, you know, Missouri's played great all year. They beat up a beat up Georgia team. Mm-hmm. I like this to stay under. I'm going to go 23-16 Missouri. 23-16 Missouri. Okay, cool. And then I, I you know, I'm I'm 
that's you, you got it right there at 39. I'm going to crank it up maybe just a little and say 24, 20. So let's go 23, 20 Missouri just to keep that's, it under. That's a blitz. Well, <laughs> that's true. Maybe I shouldn't. Well, here's the way I look at them. It's it's not forget, like forget scores. Do you think that? I mean, do you think they're going to go in and just have a huge win at home over Florida and say welcome to? Based our on house? the seventeen six, no, I don't. And okay. Florida did defeat uh, Missouri last year. I think LSU is a great team. Yeah. So I, I'm I, I'm going to say that. You know, maybe the, yeah, the twenty three twenty. I'm going to just stick with that one. That one's just okay. in my mind. So Missouri's never really going to be trailing in the game, but I could see maybe Florida scrapping in a touchdown. Yeah, like maybe, a they're 13. maybe they're up ten. Maybe they're up ten, and Florida just scores a late touchdown yeah. or something. No, but good. Thank you for calling me out on that. No, I, I was just because I'm curious yeah, too. Right. This is going to be a great game to watch. Well, Missouri has a chance to go seven and zero in the SEC in their second year in existence, and this is going to be a legit seven and zero for them if they can if they can come off these two consecutive victories. I mean, it's, and Florida's still without their quarterback, correct? Yeah, he's out for the season. Okay, so yeah, so the, the over under very very well placed. Well, good job, everyone in the world at the aggregate market. All right, so you want to introduce the next one? Which one do you want to go to? Always an interesting game. USC travels to Notre Dame. Both teams are four and two, unranked. And Notre Dame at home is minus three. And I'm just going to go right off the bat. I love Notre Dame at home minus three. They've had some nice wins this year. Okay. So I'm going to pick them to win this game. Okay. 31-24. 31-24, Notre Dame. And the over-under is 50.5. You saw oh, yeah. Right? Sorry. Yep. No, sorry. I didn't say it, but yeah, okay. it's 50 and a half. 31-24. So you like Notre Dame in a game going over 50.5. Correct. All right. Now, I'm going to go with this thing called Lane Kiffin is a not a good coach. All right. <laughs> Just leave it at that. Right. Yeah. Okay. Lane Kiffin has a lot of quality players and he completely didn't there's just all sorts of vulgar words that he did to that team. Now you have is it it's either Ed or Al Orgeron or or whatever. He was the old old he was the old old miss coach. And uh, Orgeron went in last week and they beat the Arizona Wildcats. And, uh, yeah, we're getting a little buzz through the phone. I love it when cell phones buzz through the microphone. But the thing is, I think that USC is now a new, brand-new team, okay? So I'm going to go with USC going in and winning that game. And I'm going to go with the exact same score that you had. I have USC winning 31-24, so I'm just going to flip it on you. And I'm going to say that this USC team is the one that Lane Kiffin could have had, should have had, and now has lost. That's really going to leave a lot of sour taste in a lot of Notre Dame fans' mouths if they lose that game at home because they yeah. have, they've had a couple nice wins already this year. Yeah, and I could see it being tied at 24 at the end. You remember that game with Matt Leinard where the Bush pushed the him bush in the end zone? Push. The Bush push, right. I the could, biggest I could see whiny something. game of all. They, they <laughs> exactly. still complain about that. Exactly. So before we fly into uh, NFL, which which I, I do want to mention the one on the bottom, but would you like to just comment? Because Auburn's going into Texas A&M. Aub- you, yeah, you said you thought Auburn. Yeah, might. I, I mean, just- over under 72 in this one, that's a big, big total. I mean, Texas A&M only won by three points last week. Auburn's shown themselves. They, they went into Ole Miss this year and, and won the game. So I, I do think that Auburn's going to lose. I'm going to say by six points, and I'm going to. It's going to be a high-scoring game, like, but it's, I just don't think it's going to be. Seventy-two over. is way I mean, too many you know, points. We're, yeah, if, if you're to get there, you got you know, if you tie at thirty-six, so, so let's just split that up. I'm going to go like you know, if you say thirty-nine, thirty-three, six points, that's the same thing. So let's go thirty-eight, thirty-one. Uh, Texas A&M. I, the only way this game goes over is if Texas A&M just blows out Auburn. Mm-hmm. And I kind of have that happening, but not really enough to go over. 41-21, I like Texas okay. A&M to win. Wow, okay. And this will be, like like I would say, they're marching towards the Cotton Bowl. Johnny Football is going to do what he's going to do. 
and just kind of do it in a nonchalant way. I mean, and Auburn doesn't seem like a team that's going to shake many people people up, but I think no. getting 13 is a lot. So this is cool. I like that we're differing on yeah. this one because I really, uh, that's my pick to click as I like to go to my White Sox reference that I hate doing that I just did. <laughs> okay, right. I'm going to read you this last one. Uh, this, this is the last one. This for is this, solely for, for you. Mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm not even going to touch it. Okay, this Here game. we go. Wisconsin is minus 13 mm-hmm. at your Illini. That's right. And the over-under is 55 and a half. So just quickly give it to us, and it's on record, and that way we can hear you complain about it next week. Okay, Illinois has no chance in this game. <laughs> Wisconsin's going to blow them out just like they blew out um, Northwestern. And the reason is that Illinois' two losses are to Washington, who had, who has a good team. They did get beat by Oregon, but Washington's a solid team, and Illinois could not tackle their running backs. And then Illinois went into Nebraska and got blown out pretty bad by 20 points. And Nebraska ran all over them. So Wisconsin ground oriented, just gonna just churn them up, beat them bad. So I'm gonna go. It's it's an over under 55 and a half. I'm almost looking for like a repeat of last week. So I'm gonna go with 35 10. It's gonna stay 10 points over at total at 45. So I'm gonna say the line I lose to to Wisconsin 35 10. All right, that one's all you. All right, man. Cool. So we got that saved into the system. Now let's get to NFL Week 7. And NFL is – I love the NFL. I I can't express how much I love the NFL. But this year is so inconsistent on a lot of different fronts that it's been frustrating because I've been so incorrect all the time. I mean, you have the Browns winning games, the Steelers not winning games – the Vikings losing to the Browns. The whole thing's just confusing to me right now. Yeah. Well, you're the since you're, you said your roommate talks about the Detroit Lions, and we are in Michigan. Let's start with the Detroit Lions game. What do yeah, you think? We'll of, have to get him introduce... on here one week, and yeah. he, he can talk Lions with us. We've That's had some funny. Michigan State guests, but he'll sure. talk your ear off about Lions. So, yeah, introduce uh, this one. This is an interesting matchup. The Cincinnati Bengals are traveling to Detroit, who is minus three at home. That's a 1 p.m. game here Eastern time, and the over-under is 47. Well, I just think that, you know, Cincinnati has had some weird games. They they beat the the New England Patriots. They lost on the road to Cleveland. So I'm going to, because of that Cleveland loss on the road, I'm going to say that, De- and Detroit looked good on the road at Cleveland. So there you go. There's your direct comparison. So this better hold true. The over-under is 47. That one just confused. That one I probably wouldn't even want to touch. So it's going to probably be right in that range. I think Detroit's going to win this game. I think Detroit's going to win this game by, like, six points. So if I'm trying to – let's let's say that it's going to be 30 to 24. That will take us over. I want to stay – see, it's, it's going to be – I'm going 27-23 just while you've, you know – Okay, 27-23. Lions win. Lions win and So cover. they're going to cover. That should stay under. No, 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 that goes over. Yeah, you're right at 50. Yeah, I think it's, it's an indoor – Yeah. Know, anytime you're in the indoor game, you're going to get more points in the dome. So let's go 30-24. I think Detroit's going to win and, and – it just it's strange because I still don't want to believe that Detroit's a good team, but they they do they have are. they got Calvin Johnson, Reggie Bush is looking good. I mean, they have explosive explosiveness. So yeah, flashbacks to two years ago when they were good, and last yeah. year they just had the four win season. Yeah, so. They have a four and two record right now. They're tied for the Bears for first place in the in the NFC North. Is it? So I mean, it's, it's the the Detroit Lions fans have a lot to be happy about this season. You know. All right, and let's uh, let's get to the game of the week. Yes, here. with all the smack talking between Ursay and then man saying, I'm not going to say anything. You know, silence does speak volumes. I mean... Manning's going to say something with four touchdown passes is what I'm thinking. Yeah. Denver is minus six and a half at mm-hmm. the Colts. That is Sunday night football. The over-under is 56 in that one. Two high-powered offenses, two great quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. What do you like? Well, okay, 
you're right. I do think the four touchdowns. Now, I I thought that Indianapolis was a better team than the team that went into San Diego on Monday night and got beat pretty badly. I think they're more like the Seattle team, the team that beat Seattle at home. That mm-hmm. that's the true Colts, I would think. And now, when you talk about you know master and student, I mean. Not only I mean, Peyton Manning is the master of so many different things. He's the master of different head coaches, and so he really lords over this game. It's almost like beating the older brother. You know, what I mean, he, and he already did that this year, so he's going to do it again. He's going to cover the six and a half. Yep. This fifty-six, I'm not so sure about it. Just really, based on last week, I wasn't sure. Okay. And Indianapolis showed that they can. Last week stayed under against San Diego, so I'm going to stay under on this one. I'm going to say twenty-eight. Um, twenty-eight seventeen in this one. Okay, so for we, for Denver, then we are complete opposites on this one. I love the over. I'm going Denver forty-one thirty-four. Wow, big high-scoring game for Denver. All right, and I mean Peyton Manning is going to lead Denver to the Super Bowl this year. I'm pretty sure. I mean, that's I, a safe pick. That's like picking Tiger Woods yeah, ten years ago just, to win. He's, the major. I mean, he, he's a he's a Jedi master back there. He he has Wes Welker. He's, he's gonna be yelling Omaha, Omaha, yeah, everything. I mean, it's 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 a joy. I'm not a I'm a Kansas City Chiefs fan, and I really kind of loathe the the Broncos, but I respect Peyton Manning so much. It's like a treat that we're getting to watch him perform. Gear up for Week Eleven. That's I cannot that could wait. Could be a bet. They were showing on ESPN the other day their <laughs> schedules, and both teams are lining up to be ten and zero going into that one. Well, then let me just quickly jump into Kansas City. They're minus six and a half against a Houston Texans team who's two and four. Shab gets hurt, gets booed off the field, but his own fans, they're feeling horrible about themselves. Vince Young thinks he's going to come in there. I don't know what's happening, but if Kansas City can do what they did all season long, which has been really impressive defensively, they're just going to shut Houston down. The over-under is 40, so I like the game to stay under just like last week. I'm going to go with uh, Kansas City winning that game uh, 27-10. I'm going 26-13 Kansas City. They're at home. No one knows where the Houston locker room's at. Are they going to rally around Shub? It seemed like it, but is he even okay to play? I don't know. I don't think it matters. Kansas City always plays great at Arrowhead. Yeah. And it, and it really looks like they're just kind of that team of destiny of sorts this year that's just going to keep winning, and people are going to be like, wait, what? Well, they got the two most important ingredients any team's going to need. Other, well, they had the defense already, but they got the, right, the quarterback in Alex Smith and then a head coach that you can believe in in Andy Reid. And it, it's 6-0? and Are you kidding me? I mean, a, And people always just undervalued Andy Reid in Philly, but, yep. which is fair. They had reason to, yeah. you know, but... Now yep. he's in Kansas City and they're loving him. Right, one man, one's man's trash. One man's trash is another man's treasure, and, so and we got true. two treasure piles. Thank you, San Francisco, and thank you, Philadelphia. What's so. so interesting about Kansas City too is they're doing this all really with Dwayne Bow being a non-factor right. in a lot of these games. If he gets going at all, watch out. Right, and the defense. I mean, there were rookies intercepting balls last week. There, there's something going on on the defensive side of that ball that we're there, a confident team, and that's what I'm liking because defense is going to matter later in the season. So, okay, let's let's uh, hit up the. Chicago at Washington game, and then we'll wrap it up here. Uh, Chicago is minus one at Washington. The Bears showed that they can handle the NFC East pretty well. They beat the Giants at home. They covered in that one. And the over-under is 50. Washington likes to give up points. Chicago likes to score it. So I like Chicago going in there and blasting him 31-21, taking I, us over. I, we've said it before on the show. He is going to be RG3-13 and 13 this year. <laughs> the, the Redskins just aren't that. Yeah, Ouch. They're just not that good, which is why the one is Dude. so confusing. Yeah. Maybe just being at home. I don't, I don't know. I think the Bears are a good team this year. They they kind of not a slump in the middle there where they just didn't look very well, but they're mm-hmm. going to go into Washington and win. I'm going to go 27-20. So the game's going to stay under okay. the 50, but 
minus one. I, that's pretty much a pick em. Bears are going to win. Yeah, we both have Bears getting to five and two, which is right at the point of the season where the Bears start asking themselves when it's time to start losing games. One more week. Yeah. Halfway through. You get then. six you and get two. Yeah. yeah. After the bye, they'll, they'll call it in. <laughs> oh, man. Well, there's a couple other games that are on the on the plate. I mean, Dallas is going to Philly, but I don't care about talking about that. And Cleveland's going to Green Bay. Green Bay's minus 10. And I'm not Cleveland, picking yeah, Green Bay. And just... I don't think I'm touching Cleveland games for the rest of the season. Cleveland <laughs> no, and Buffalo. Yeah. I just don't even Until understand. Until they lose six straight, and then we'll pick them in the win. I need some consistency. I really do. I mean, there's just games to stay away from. So, this has been Walk the Line, Episode 7. My name is Dan Cryer, and with me, as always, has been Ryan Smith. So, Ryan, say goodbye, and I'm going to play us out of here, buddy. All right. Have a good weekend. All right, guys, you all take care. We're going to see you next week, all right? With Dan and Ryan, you just listened to Walk the Line. And I told Ryan I wasn't going to say peace. (laughs) Take care, buddy.